0: And welcome to the 49ers First and Ten Podcast, 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news, first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brianna McDonald, and I'm joined by 49ers team reporter, Lindsey Polaris. The 49ers took their second loss of the season, falling to the Minnesota Vikings 22-17 on Monday night, football. San Francisco kept the game within reach, but it ultimately ended in a one-score differential. Lindsay, to start, it was a tough loss, but what ultimately went wrong for the 49ers on Monday night?
1: Yeah, you know, I think if you had to sum up what this all came down to, the turnover battle is one easy place to look. The 49ers were able to generate just one takeaway. The Minnesota Vikings had three, and in a five point game, that makes all the difference. I think Kirk Cousins was also able to just build up that early confidence and ended up, you know, compiling 378 yards through the air. Certainly not good for the 49ers. Um, And, you know, just some tough penalty calls as well. Um, And it all just contributed to not the end result that the 49ers wanted. But I do think it's important. Like you said, it was a close matchup throughout. There were multiple times in this game where it really was just a one score affair. uh, And, you know, just a couple interceptions as well, um, especially in those final in that final minute of the game. Really, um, it kind of just put the put the end to this one for the
0: 49ers. We talked about it all last week how locked in the team was for this game against the Vikings so to let this game slip the way it did just made it that more tough of a loss for the 49ers what did head coach Kyle Shanahan and some of the players have to say about the loss right after the game how did they describe it
1: yeah I think if you had to put a word on it definitely disappointment I think was the tone of you know anyone from head coach Kyle Shanahan to Nick Bosa to Brock Purdy to Christian McCaffrey and similarly to last week there was no no one pointing fingers or take you know if anything it was several players taking blame for whatever mistakes they had respectively throughout the game it wasn't a perfect game for anyone Um, and one thing that really stuck out to me was running back Christian McCaffrey just saying that it's a little bit of a disconnect because he sees the team locked in zeroed in during practice and there's been very productive practices for the 49ers leading up to this monday night football game and it ultimately came down to just not executing the way they wanted to on game day and that seems to be kind of the missing piece of the puzzle we heard kind of similar tones from head coach Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy and also Nick Bosa just saying that you have to take the opportunities when they present themselves during the football game. And it
0: really just comes down to that. During the game, we saw guys leave the field, then come back into the game, and injuries or unfortunately played a big role in this contest. So right after, what did Shanahan's initial post-game injury report look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about injuries that did play a part in this game, we started off the game without all-pro left tackle Trent Williams and also wide receiver Debo Samuel, which are two pretty big hits for San Francisco's offense. But yeah, um, we actually don't have as much of an update as we usually do at this point in the week um, and that's just because we didn't have the usual call we have day after the game with head coach Kyle Shanahan but from immediately after the game we know that Demetrius Flanagan fouls, uh, linebacker, he exited the game. It looks like he got rolled up on and just didn't return um, and then there should be updates coming up on more players. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said that Fred Warner likely suffered a thigh contusion and then we'll see if there's anything that came up with linebacker Dre Greenlaw. He also kind of got rolled up um, during the game but then re-entered so we should know more later today.
0: All right sounds good. Despite the loss, we can't ignore some of the shining moments from this game. Running back Christian McCaffrey is continuing to write history in each and every game he plays in. He scored two touchdowns on Monday. How do those scores factor into his legacy in the league?
1: Yeah, so his touchdown scoring streak continues. It went from 15 straight games to 16 straight games, and now he is second. He was tied for second and now is alone at second. Uh, for the longest NFL touchdown scoring streak. He is behind Hall of Famer Lenny Moore now. He owns the NFL record with 17 consecutive games. Um, So just it continues to be a productive season for Christian McCaffrey. Um, You know, he is someone that is very much chomping at the bit to get back to work for week eight um, just because he was quick to mention and like I said, kind of take ownership of just small mishappenings that happened during this game. Um,
0: So yeah, more to come from him for sure. On the other side of the ball, We saw an interception from Charverius Ward, passes defended by Fred Warner and Cleland Furl. also, but some of the most impressive moments from this group were the two goal line stands. You never want an opponent to get that deep in the red zone, but those moments really shine a light on the physicality of a defense. So the first goal line stand of the night came in the second quarter. Can you break down how the 49ers avoided the Vikings from getting into the end zone?
1: Yeah, they were able to stack Some very key defensive plays. The defensive unit really got jump-started first by a tackle for loss by defensive lineman Kevin Givens. Minnesota was on the two-yard line. Um, They got backed up an extra yard, and then there was one more incompletion by Kirk Cousins, and then Fred Warner on third and goal was able to break – Break up a pass and then force Minnesota to settle for that 21 yard field goal. So absolutely came in clutch as he usually does.
0: Then the game was literally on the line again in the second half and the vikings attempted the iconic tush push play that for many times is like a cheat code for teams and fred warner just shut minnesota down walk us through warner's defensive strategy to that play
1: in the third quarter kind of a similar series of events um, but it was fred warner jump starting the defensive unit once again he had a really impressive uh counter to minnesota's Tush, push, and he actually just jumped over a pile of defenders and got straight to Kirk Cousins uh, for the stop. Fred Warner is always willing to lay his body on the line, and so I think that's probably the mentality on that. Um, but really, just to get that stop at all costs. You, I, the air time on that was pretty wild to watch, and I know that on the replay cams we saw that in slow motion, but. Uh, He got where he wanted to go, and that was straight to Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, just another very impressive play by a really impressive defensive player. And then, again, that just resulted in another field goal. Um, There was a couple more incompletions from Kirk Cousins after that. But I think just to force Minnesota into taking the three points instead of a couple red zone touchdowns definitely a good showing by san francisco's
0: defense with all things said and done for week seven where do the 49ers land in league power rankings as we turn the page to look to week eight yeah so
1: i think they are still very much in the thick of the top contenders and the power rankings definitely reflect that depending on which national outlet you ask 49ers are in the top five mix NFL Network had them at number three. That's the one that I kind of zero in on. But ESPN also had them at number three. CBS Sports had them at five. Fox Sports also is three. So I think the reflection of the power rankings is the work that the 49ers have put in in weeks one through five. It's unlikely a team has a perfect season. I think that everyone that works in the NFL and writes about the NFL definitely keeps that in mind, um, and there's still so much football left to play. And just with the amount of talent and the head coach uh, of this organization, it's hard not to expect big things of the 49ers. So, yeah, still very much a top contender headed into week eight, and then there's a bye week. So, time to get rested
0: and healthy. And come back strong for a big second half yeah back-to-back losses are tough but the faithful shouldn't spiral just yet just because we're still in the Don't top spiral. three <laughs> still the top three for a lot of the league but um wrapping up two back-to-back road games the 49ers will be back home for their final contest against the cincinnati Bengals before their bye week break so it's another one of those weird condensed weeks with the team having played on Monday. So, how does that impact their preparations for Sunday?
1: Yeah, so basically, today is typically the player's day off, and they typically have a Monday to kind of review the tape and button up everything from the previous week. It's kind of all happening in one day. Players had the day off, and you know, I'm not sure when the game tape review happens, but basically, the new week starts today on Wednesday, um, and they'll keep going with a normal practice schedule of a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They'll have their walkthrough on Saturday, and then game day is here. So it's it like you mentioned, a short week. So really, no time to really dwell on these back-to-back losses because. We've got a well-rested Cincinnati
0: Bengals team coming to Levi's Stadium. All right, well, that will do it for today. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining me in this update. Don't forget to follow First and 10 on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Turn on the notifications so you're in the know when we post any breaking news updates. And thank you, Faithful, for tuning in.